Hello, sports fans. This is Sellout Sports, coming to you from Michael Mawson's Bennington, Vermont High Rise. I am Tori Rich. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I am Tori Rich with Mike Mawson. It is October 5th, 2023, and uh, we just watched the Bears uh, kick the crap out of the commanders yeah, um, clobber the commanders they, for they, sure. they really did um this is the game i thought i was going to see from them against the chiefs i didn't think they were going to beat the chiefs but i thought i was going to see them have that like hey we're professionals moment you know and uh it came a couple weeks later but i knew i knew it was coming you know like that the bears were going to come around yeah justin fields 15 to 29 but i don't think the stats really do it justice he really controlled the game and uh the bears just were the better team from the from the jump yeah in 57 yards on the ground um and again no turnovers and i think that that's or i didn't see if he didn't have a fumble but i know he didn't have an interception tonight and uh yeah and really the uh the fumble last week wasn't you know to me it's hard to say whether it was his fault right but um i guess you need to know if there's a free rusher coming you know so in that situation against the broncos but um, just what a difference a week makes, though, right, man? I mean, the uh, the the talk all week was like, if the season ended today, the Bears would have pick one and two. And um, I know. got a bear. Yeah, I have a I have a friend who's a Bears fan, and he was saying that he's like, yeah, you know, not doing great, but picks one and two right now. Yeah, you got to find your your little moral victories, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you got to find something to look forward to when you're zero and four, I guess. But, but what a you like short week? Obviously, both teams are dealing with a short week, but. To respond in that way after a demoralizing loss, like they had the, the Broncos beat for how how forty five plus minutes, and they gave it away at the end, right? So to come back, what four days later, that's tough to do. So who gets the credit for this win? <laughs> so is it, is it? I mean, like you know, we'll find uh, out in the morning. Again, on I'm, social I'm media. not a Fields hater at all. I've actually come to gained some respect for him over the last few weeks again it's like you said from the beginning it was unfair the expectations and the comparisons put on him like the like like oh he's got more arm talent than jalen hurts it goes back to your college coach right it's never as good as it seems it's never as bad as it seems absolutely um man that's just such a good quote yeah we'll try to get it in every every episode yeah i I think it, it, it deserves to be in every episode um but yeah just so you know good for you bears um and now i guess you know the Panthers are on the clock. So, <laughs> is Bryce Young the answer? Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. Exactly. yeah. Let's start. Played that. three games. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, so uh, so Bears win, and we just watched that happen. But looking ahead to to Sunday, uh, Cowboys Forty ers on Sunday nights. You know that I mean that's got to be the game of the week. And um, you know right off the bat, I'm going to say I think the Cowboys have trouble stopping the run. So I like the 49ers in this game. I think Dan Quinn's a good enough defensive coordinator that he's he's going to force, you know, Purdy into a few third and long situations and Purdy's going to have to make some plays. And you know, I've been saying all along, I think Purdy is solid, but I don't think he's spectacular. And so I think we're going to find some stuff out about him this week, you know, like cuz he's going to end up having to convert some third downs, right? Um but who knows? I mean, maybe the 49ers at home, they just run that Dallas defense over. Like, we know Dallas's defense can rush the passer. But, right. I mean, but in three of their four games, they've been up by a lot. 
early and often, right? Yeah, that's and, a, that's the thing you're talking about, right? Like Purdy has been pretty spectacular. He's seventy two percent, seventy two point three completion percentage. I just looked it up while you were talking. But you're right; he hasn't had a lot of these moments where he's had to be the guy that they're going to when the running game's that good. Yeah, I mean McCaffrey three three touchdowns on the ground last week and one through the air. So like a screen. you know, so in my eyes, you know, like Purdy's being punished by just being surrounded by talent. He might be better than what what we what he's had to show. He just hasn't had to show anything. This is a this is kind of a showcase game for him, I think. Yeah, Michael Parsons going to be in his face. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, unless unless they just run it down their throats, you know. And so I think that they're going to be able to do that at, at times in this game. And Michael Parsons, obviously, you know, he's, he's best defensive player in football right now. But if there's something you can do, you know, you can run right at him. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. So, I like I like the 49ers, you know, uh, minus three and a half. And despite two good defenses, yes, it's two very good offenses. This is actually the um, – so, the 49ers have the second second most yards. And, oh, yeah, and it's, and it's the Cowboys have given up the second fewest yards. So, it's, yeah. it's kind of like the Bills and Dolphins matchup last week. Um so yeah, so it's uh yeah I like I like three and a half a lot with you I'm with you there and I was a little skittish on the over forty five but uh, I'll probably play that too I mean Dak's due for a turnover right and if that turnover comes well we say that but he's only thrown one interception actually this year yeah the, which was one that got got a lot of uh, it was very high profile I don't I don't know about fumbles I'd, I'd have to check that but, but I guess that's kind of the same conversation that we have with Brock Purdy. Obviously, we've seen it more with Dak throughout his career, but he hasn't really been in the the Cowboys' defensive has made it so he hasn't been in a position of pressure really this year for the most part. Obviously, they trailed the the Cardinals and they had to you know do the comeback. You had to flip the the game script a little bit, but for the most part, it, you know week one forty nothing just blew out the Pats last week again. You know, blew out the Jets week two. It hasn't been a lot of high pressure pressure situations for him either. That's true. Yeah. Da- uh, so yeah, Dak on the road. Um, yeah, I could I could see a turnover being the big difference. Kind of like you know, kind of like in the playoffs last year against the 49ers, right? True that. Um. So yeah. So I like the 49ers. So I actually think this is still an interesting game. You know, it's uh. So Jets at Broncos. We had this. Everyone had this circuit on their calendar after all the shit talking that yeah that, we that we did. we at Sellout Sports circled it absolutely <laughs> this was this was uh this was a highlight game this was uh, a marquee matchup right and the funny thing is I think this is actually still going to be a good football game to watch I'm interested in it because it's two teams fighting for their lives um and I'm root- like I'm rooting for Zach Wilson now um I I I really it it, it felt genuine the you know how how much it hurt him that they lost and how much his role in it losing to the Chiefs last week um I don't know I I, like I think it might be time he finally turns a corner I believe in Robert Sala I like I like that he's stuck by the kid instead of panicking and like I've seen a lot of stuff out there that Sala's on the hot seat and all this stuff and I like I don't see it that way like you you Zach Wilson, you, you could do a lot worse than Zach Wilson as your backup quarterback going into the season, right? Like, it's so easy for everyone to second guess, oh, he should have had a better option behind Aaron Rodgers. Like, really? Behind Aaron Rodgers? Like, 
Yeah, like, I if hate, you lose your quarterback, you're always screwed. Yeah, basically. I hate like, the, I hate the crystal ball people that are like, oh, now that we're in this situation, I 100% agree with you there. Where I don't agree with you is I'm not sold on Zach Wilson at all. Uh, if he has his confidence, I think he can be a game manager. Maybe. Well, that's, well, that's all I'm saying. That's all he needs to be. Again, with, it, with if the defense plays like it did, you're right. That's all he needs to be. But I just don't even think he has game manager in him. I think he has that sort of gunslinger mentality where he's going to try and take... Because he has arm talent. Obviously, he has arm talent. I mean, the viral... You feel like he'll always make the big mistake. Is kind I, of I do. And I just think I, he he was ruined his rookie year. Like, you know, he just hasn't played well in the NFL. And I just don't see that comeback. And I, I disagree with you on the, on the post-game presser comments either. It's so easy to stand up there and say, I lost us that game when you, when you know you played well. You know, people were talking about how he outplayed Patrick Mahomes. I don't, I think, I think that's why he came up there and took accountability. I think if he had, I think that's a silly thing to say anyway. Like, yeah, statistically he did, but no, I, I get it. Mahomes, I, I'm not, Mahomes was I'm good not when the it one. Mattered, right? I'm not the one that's saying that. But there are a lot of people yeah. out there saying that he outplayed Patrick Mahomes. Regardless, the fact that we're even having this discussion, whether he did or didn't, tells you a lot about how he played. Because you put, you have a crystal ball in the preseason, and you say we're sitting here having a discussion that Zach Wilson may, maybe might have I, outplayed Patrick Mahomes. Like that's crazy. And you think. That it, he had some equity that he was sitting on, basically. Yeah, exactly. He, he, he comes he up with his with his chest out in the press conference. You know, he's like, "Yeah, you know, I I played really well." Like everyone's saying, like, "You got the head coach, you got Salah on Hard Knocks, the opening scene of Hard Knocks." Be like, "We've never seen a guy like this. Like, I've never had a quarterback like this." That's gonna be tough to hear. But he's he's dealt with that his entire Jets tenure for the most part. Teammates, there's been whispers that you know he hasn't. Not quite Russell Wilson. I don't want to go that far, but like <laughs> they don't really have his back, really. You know, like people in the organization, which is funny get, because Sala does now. But even even Hard Knocks portrayed it, and I know Hard Knocks. We're getting cuts. We're not getting the full filtered yeah. live feed. But that's a bad look to have your have your head coach being like, "We've never had a guy like this." And of course, it's Aaron Rodgers. You haven't. But for them, for him to come out and say it, and now reverse course and be like Zach Wilson is the guy that's what he has to say right I don't even think he's he believes it man you are passionate about this one <laughs> um I don't know I, I guess to me neither of us know what the hell's going on right but to me it felt like there was a bit of a vibe change because they were like because there were such high expectations this year and so when it was like when Rodgers goes down, you know, nobody was going to let those expectations go away. And I feel like they were just like, hey, man, we're behind you. You know what I mean? And, and I, I I felt like the vibe changed. Is, is I basically. hope you're right. I yeah. hope you're right. Yeah. Well, and that's basically where I'm at this week um, because I'm rooting for that defense. It's really I, I, I really like Sauce. Um, you know, Jake, Jake said I saw uh, what Jake was talking about last week where Sauce explained it. And I'm I'm actually okay with it. Like it didn't feel like excuse make. <sighs> yeah, I, I hadn't heard it when he had mentioned it, and then I, I, I heard it the next day, and I, I it didn't it seemed more like an explanation, like a true explanation. Like is, I, I'm a granted I'm a sauce guy, like yeah, you yeah, just said. Again, quote unquote, the right thing to do is just let it go. Yeah, move like on Bradbury, to the next. Week. Like you said last episode. But it's yeah. like okay, if nobody's gonna speak up, you know, like like it was ridiculous. Like it was. I don't. I still don't agree with the call, and. I think it happens too often, and you know what I mean. And and 
I also think this is an interesting thing that, you know, that Jason Kelsey said in defense of his brother's team, right? He's like, no, the Chiefs are just in those situations all the time because they're good. Like, I think there's some truth to that. Right? No, there is. Just like the Patriots. You, I mean, yeah. you're, you're very no, familiar no, there, with. There is. And and Mahomes' explanation, I think, holds true. Like, wait, he knows he's going to get that call. He sees it with his own eyes, and he's forcing. Brady would do that all the time. He would force referees to make calls by throwing it. And it's like, it like it's so much easier to hold that flag in if it's on the opposite side of the field. You don't see a lot of flags on the opposite side of the play, right? You see some, but not a lot. You see more when the ball is coming that way and all the eyes are on it, right? Yeah. It, it's just the nature of refereeing. Um, I still don't agree with the call. I just don't agree with the the Chiefs' hate, basically. Like, it's because Mahomes is good. Like, do I hate Mahomes? Yes. Do I hate Taylor Swift? Well, no, but... But do I hate all the Taylor Swift? I love attention? you, Taylor yes. Swift. I love like, you, Taylor no, Swift. I don't. I don't hate you, Taylor Swift. But I hate all the Did attention you see, you're getting. It's yeah, not your fault. Yeah, Travis came out and said like, "This is ridiculous too." Did you see that? I did not. Yeah, he's like, because uh, Jason was explaining to him, he's like, "Yeah, it was a, at least 17 times." And Travis is like, "That's one every drive." He's like, "That's crazy." He's like, "You know, let them like what we said." He's he, he must have listened to our episode. He's like, Clearly. "Yeah, you know, uh, put them on. Yeah, definitely put them on the you know on the television and let people know that they're there." But once or twice, and that that's it. He's like the. I think it was Jason said the NBA does, or no, it was Travis. Travis said the NBA does it right. You know, court side, you go to him real quick, and then it's done. Yeah, you know? it's like oh, cool. These are well. It's also like like in football, right? Like there's more opportunities to show a replay after every play. Right now, a fan like me, I want to watch a replay after every play because I didn't get to watch all eleven players. So I like I, like oh, I want to see what the left tackle did. Or I'm watching him during the play, right? Mm-hmm. And then on the replay, I want to see I want to see what another player did. You know what I mean? Like, so for somebody that's a student of the game, and I and like I mean, call me crazy. I think that you should still be catering to your hardcore fans, but you know that's not their that's not their methodology anymore. You know. Uh, speaking of hardcore fans, uh, Aaron Rodgers has a lot of those. Is he going to come back? You know, I, I haven't followed this that closely. I just saw that there's a possibility that he could come he back. Was wa- did you see the clip of him walking on the field? Yeah. Like, with crutches? Like, which That's is, like, weeks two and ahead a, of... Yeah. Two and a half weeks. The normal In normal circumstances, people are in a boot at six weeks. Right. I and, like, they're, that, yeah. they're barely able to walk. And he was walking. I guess he had... I, I have to look a little more into it. But he had some, like... It wasn't a normal Achilles surgery. He had something implanted that could potentially speed up the recovery and i mean we have the technology <laughs> i mean there was there was the rumors that he was listening to like dolphins having sex and that's yeah, supposed oh, to yeah, heal that's <laughs> supposed to heal the body uh, yes. how did i forget about Aaron that Aaron Rodgers yeah. is such a weird guy that i believe that he would do it um yeah and and it would probably work for him here's the thing right it's like week 17 and they're like oh we have 2 weeks to get Aaron Rodgers ready for the playoffs or something and, and they need the games, right? Because where they're at right now, right? And what if Zach Wilson's playing well by then? I know, that's the thing. Because like, here's the you, thing. The, the other thing about it is Nathaniel Hackett, this is a, a chance for a revenge game for him, right? For, this week, yeah, against, yeah, yeah. Against Wilson. Like, this is the kind of thing that could spring the Jets forward. You know what I mean? It could. And like, Or it could be like they come yeah. out and they whoop the Broncos' asses and then Nathaniel Hackett goes back to being Nathaniel Hackett. I don't no, know. No, I mean, he's a great like, offensive coordinator. I mean, look look at what he did in Green Bay. I mean, he is a great offensive coordinator. It's just 
and it's he's like, not a great head coach, and maybe he's not as bad of a head coach as we thought he was. Like maybe, he was a bad not. one, but maybe he's not as bad if Sean Payton can't fix it either. I mean, how many quarterbacks actually succeed when they just don't want to play for the quarterback? And everybody, nobody likes Russell Wilson. I, it, it, it just came out right out like Marshawn Lynch. Which, yeah, on I the, mean, on I the can't see Club Shay Shay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, wait, what is that? I don't Shout even out know. Club Shay Shay. It's uh, uh, Shannon Sharp's uh, podcast. Oh, it was Shannon Sharp. That's right. Yeah. I just didn't know it was Shay Shay. Okay. Yeah, the, the fact that he had to go through his agent to get his number. He was trying to. So, yeah. So, for those that are unfamiliar, Marshawn Lynch tried to call Russ and Russell Wilson while he was on the Seahawks after a game early. I believe it was early in uh, Marshawn's tenure with the Seahawks. And. Russell Wilson had a bad game. Marshawn had a great game. He went to go call him, and he didn't have his number. He went to he had to go through Russ's agent, manager, manager, not agent, to get his number. And Russ called him from a private number. So like he has he has a private number. Like he would he wasn't able to call him back, and and Russ is, just did not acknowledge that he had a bad game. That is gross. Oh. Yeah, you know, like, just like mind-boggling. I, 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 it's not good to not talk when you're on a podcast, but like we're both just sitting here, just thinking about that. Like, yeah, okay, so, okay, so Russell Wilson, like he almost feels like that out of touch. Well, you're not a somebody, movie guy. Somebody called like, it. Somebody, I think it was Pat McAfee called it. It's Russell Wilson is portraying. Uh, like a Hollywood version of, of a of quarterback the, of the dickhead quarterback. Yeah. It's like, wait, have you seen the replacements? I haven't. I've, okay, I've so heard of it, for anyone listening, he's like he's like Eddie Martell, just like the like the the superstar. The thing, the, he's super talented, but he's just a dick, but and nobody wants to play is, for him. That's fine. It's not really fine because you're. It's a team sport. Like the no, no, you can be a, yeah, team but you sport. can be a dick and still be a leader. You can, but you like, have to be a leader. Uh, well, yeah, you have to be a leader, and you can st- you can be a dick and still be likable at times. I don't get the impression that he's likable ever. Well, like, I don't think I mean, he remember, is because remember like the doing the, the calisthenics in the aisle of the airplane. Yeah, like, and remember, and everybody was like, "What the fuck?" And remember last year when nobody showed up to his birthday party? Oh no, I don't remember that. There was like, <laughs> there was like nobody at his birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> like, like only a few teammates showed up. Um, I could just see like it's just like Sierra or yeah, Sierra. yeah. it's just Sierra there with a the party hat on. Like, like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think like. A couple of his, you know, receivers went because they wanted him to throw the ball to him. But no, yeah, it's it's been a thing. And but the weirdest part about it is he he portrays being this likable guy, like you know, this upbeat team first guy. But he's the guy that's getting you know executive suites in the in the facility and not using his locker and blocking his number and not giving it out to teammates. And it's not like it's like it's Marshawn Lynch, bro. It's not. It's not the punter that you're not giving. Yeah, but it was a, like it, like a because you know Marshawn's kind of like a you know a tough inner city dude, right? In a like, free city. W- so was it not like free, city, free spirit? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yeah, you know what I mean. Marshawn's Marshawn, right? And so was it just like a like probably a, the most hilarious person on the planet. Right? Oh, he's awesome, dude. Like I, I, and one of my favorite running backs. Just watching him run. Period. But. My my favorite play in NFL history is Beastquake. Beastquake, yeah, great play. Man, we went down a freaking rabbit hole, but like, but this was good. This was, I think this was I think this was all relevant. Anyway, you know what? I talked myself into it. Jets, <laughs> Jets, Jets are beating the Broncos. I'm going my heart over my head. All right, that always works. Yeah, always. <laughs> all right. Um, another thing. So you and I looked at this, and it's funny. You know, I, I don't think it's like a marquee matchup on a lot of people's lists. But I'm really interested in this Texans at Falcons game. I mean, it's like 
It could be a battle for offensive rookie of the year. Obviously, Puka Nakua has got something to say about that, too. Maybe a couple others in there. But yeah, Puka does for now. I think once Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup comes back, say that three times fast. Take away uh, some of his share of the targets. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah say Puka Nakua three times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, these are some tough ones. Um, but, yeah, uh, like C.J. Stroud, I mean, we just watched the uh, the Steelers game. And it seems like things are getting steadily better. It was actually statistically, I guess you could say, his worst game because he was 16 to 30. But he just looked really composed. It doesn't look like you can. It doesn't look like you can speed him up, which is impressive because in his first two weeks, Ravens and Colts, he got sacked 11 times. That's a lot of times for like to get thrown into it. Yeah, and he's he's getting the ball out quick, but he doesn't look sped up. He threw a couple of dimes to Nico Collins, who he's obviously developing a rapport with. They're running the ball. I'm, I'm telling you, man, uh, head coaching candidate for next year, especially with the way things are going, this freaking guy's a year younger than me. I, I don't even remember his name. Wait, wait I got to find it. Yeah, it's uh, Bobby Bobby Slowick. Is that it? But, or Yeah. Where is it? Yeah, Bobby Slowick. There it is. <laughs> yeah. So I'm telling you, man, I think this guy. I've never heard this man's name yeah, in my life. But, it, like, if you can coach up a rookie quarterback like this, and, and and from a cursed school like Ohio State with quarterbacks, right? But if you can coach up a rookie quarterback like this, like you're going to be getting looks, um, and especially the, the way things are trending. He's yeah, he's 36. I mean, it's kind of that Sean McVay, um, Steichen, yeah. all those guys kind of model, right? So I could see this guy, and uh, and obviously, uh, yeah, he uh, Demeco Ryan's has been singing his praises, saying he's he's aggressive. I like that he. I mean, he's trusting Stroud. I mean, you know. Was it second, third, and goal from the one? It, like letting Stroud throw it. Yeah, Two. after the the touchdown was called back. Yeah, yep. he rushed one in, and but but like you said, he hasn't really had to use his legs too much. But no, he has that well, at his disposal. He can do it. Yeah. And, but the and I like that he's not. He's only got fourteen carries this year, and it, and I think that I think that says something because he's not looking to take off. He's looking. He's keeping his eyes up, looking downfield. Um. I don't, and the thing is, I mean, any team that gave up 11 sacks in the first two weeks, I don't think they have a uh, like a stud offensive line. They, you and know, I think they've, I think they've actually had injuries too, so I think that's played part of it too. So for him to, you know, make those adjustments, find a way to win, um, yeah, I, I mean, C.J. Stroud, he impressed me. Like when I thought he could actually be legit, you mentioned, you kind of alluded to the Ohio State, you know, curse at quarterback. Just if you go through it, it just hasn't been a. There hasn't been a viable real starter in a while from Ohio State, even though they have really talented guys in college. Was he? Where was he in your Heisman voting last year? C.J. Stroud was third. Because you had Caleb Williams second, right? Yeah, Caleb Williams second, Max Duggan first. Uh, if they beat Michigan, it probably would have been tough one-two, I think. If, um, But, yeah, that, that game against Georgia in the playoffs, man, I mean, th- say what you will, like, George, that Georgia defense was an NFL defense. Like, he played an NFL defense before he played a snap in the league. No, no true. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he just he, – he balled that game. He had them – like, they had a field goal to win it. It was a tough field goal. They, you know, they missed it. That's actually how the New Year's started. I was at, I was at New Year's. And yeah, I remember, was yeah. A, I was like, oh, crap. You know, what a, what a way to start the New Year. Uh, but, yeah, he went, what, 23 to 34. 348 yards and four touchdowns against that Georgia defense. Like, yeah, against put them in the game, in a position to win. If they win that game, how many guys are in the NFL right now off of that defense? It's, I mean, it was yeah, uh, it's just insane. Keely Ringo at corner. You had, uh, yeah, you had Dean at, or no, no, Dean was the year before. Dean Carter 
Right. But but Jalen Carter, obviously. Um, oh, uh, the Eagles and to Nolan Smith. Yeah, yeah. Just name the uh, Eagles defense and you yeah, have yeah, the Georgia. They're all over the place. <laughs> but, yeah, um, he just balled out that game and just showed – a crazy amount of poise like you're saying like he didn't need to ro- he doesn't need to roll out as much as as some others he just stands in there will look at pressure in his face and just deliver deliver a dart and uh the texans are fun they're they're a fun team to watch uh so yeah this this game against the falcons obviously like like you alluded to another rookie robinson at, the, at running back he's I, I don't know what the falcons are really doing um, yeah, my, so I wanted to ask you that because, you know, speaking of fun to watch, Bijan, obviously, um, a lot of fun to watch right now. But, Mike, who leads the Falcons in receiving yards right now, you think? So so I know it's not Drake London, and I know— Just because I'm asking you that. <laughs> well, no, and I know it's not Kyle Pitts because I'm like, these guys aren't getting— Well, because I play fantasy, you know, and, like, Kyle Pitts is on the trade block in my league. You know, people are, are trying to sell on him. Enough fantasy talk, Michael. But I know it's not those two. Johnny Smith had a good game last You're last right. week. It's, Is it? It's Johnny Smith. Smith with oh, the Patriots could use him right with now. 179 yards. You are correct, sir. Well done. Who who's second? I'm gonna, I don't I don't even know if I can name another. But Falcon. Uh, no, you know it's got to be a wide receiver. London, right? London and Pitts aren't second either. No way. It's, yeah. It's uh. It's, so Robinson is actually second. Okay. I mean he's a he's. I mean he's a dual threat. Obviously he can yep. catch the ball, but damn, London and Pitts are. Th- Third and fourth. Yeah. So, um, so it goes Smith, Robinson, London, Pitts, and in terms of targets, they're all between twenty and twenty-two. Um, so yeah, I mean, you think about that. Like, I don't understand the way the Falcons want to play football, and they want to run the football, and, and I like that. So why wouldn't you go out and get a beast at tackle, a beast at guard, right? Like Jake Matthews isn't considered a road grader at left tackle, and then they got something called. Um, uh, Caleb McGarry at right tackle, <laughs> who unless you play Madden, you you don't know who he is, right? So, um, so other than uh, right guard uh, Chris Lindstrom, there's not really any studs on that line. So you're throwing the ball less than 30 times a game, not really pushing the ball downfield, but you have Kyle Pitts and Drake London, and then in front of your stud running back, you don't go out and get top, you know, top level talent on the line. I don't yeah, know. it's weird. I, don't, I mean, I don't get it. Dave Ragone, offensive coordinator, Atlanta, just looked it up. Didn't know who you were either. I, uh, I mean, I think Arthur Smith calls the plays, but or, oh, does I, I, might, might. I might be wrong about. Uh, that. But regardless, uh, do better, please, because you got it. If you're investing that draft draft capital, you gotta give them the ball. Yeah, I I, I just I I agree with that. I mean, it's because it's the same thing. It's like with the Steelers. You're going to chuck the ball around when you have Najee Harris. I just don't understand the thought process. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, Najee hasn't been great, but I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, but he was really good as rookie He was, year. he was. And, yeah, so – and I and to tell you the truth, I wouldn't – I probably wouldn't put it on him. I don't know. Jalen Warren's running really well behind that same offensive line. Najee runs really hard. It just doesn't seem like he sees the holes. That's, but this <laughs> isn't a Najee – this isn't a Najee discussion. <laughs> Could could be a vision thing though. You're right. Um, <laughs> but I just like I just need to stop for a second. Like the the cut that Bijan made in the in the Steelers game, where he like he like shimmied like four times and then he cut left and cut right. And it's like he 
he faked him out like three times. <laughs> like it was, it was unbelievable. The defenders, like, I'm going home. I'm dizzy. Uh, yeah, seriously. I mean, talk about breaking somebody's ankles. That's the uh, yeah. That was. He's a lot of fun to watch, and I hope that they'll. Um, yeah, I hope they'll keep getting into the ball. It's it's another one of those cases of like, this guy is obviously valuable. So the running back situation sucks, right? Yeah. And it's not so bad for him because he was drafted high. Um, not as high as Saquon. Again, Saquon already got his money too. You know what I mean? Or got a decent amount of money. But like, what about somebody like Pacheco? You know what I mean? Like, once his rookie deal is up, like, is anybody going to actually pay him? Speaking you know? of running hard, that man hates the ground. It looks like <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> he does. He does run like just yeah. He runs angry, which you know. Somebody tweeted out. Uh, it was like Pacheco runs like his whole family's like fate is relying on him <laughs> every play. <laughs> I feel like everyone copied that. I don't like. I want to find out. I want to trace that tweet back to whoever said it first. The like yeah. he runs like he's mad at the ground, which by the way is something from Ted Lasso too, and I'm sure it was copied before that too. Sure. But yeah, um, Ted Lasso, good show by the way. Not like I I I don't know anything about soccer, and I'll guarantee you right now, if you're a soccer fan, you probably won't like it for the soccer. You might like it for the. For the people in the show, sure. but, it's, but it's not a good soccer show. Yeah, it's, I've heard you mention it a couple times. I gotta, I gotta check it out. Yeah, it's not a good soccer show. It's a great show, great show, love it. I might um, not be a movie guy, but I am a TV show guy. Yeah, when, watch, I, when oh, I can find time, totally watch Ted Lasso. Um, but yeah, there's a scene where like the guys like you used to run like you were angry at the ground itself or something. So I feel <laughs> like everyone just ripped that off, but that's fine. Everything, I mean, everything's a rip off, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. we're we're ripping off the McAfee podcast, or, or we hope to someday. We that's what we aspire to. Yeah, right? that'd be great. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right, um, all right. So uh, let's move on to what I I wish Jake was here to talk basketball with you. So I will just fire questions at you, but. Um, just a comment that came out here. I mean, we'll we'll take any chance to shit on James Harden. Um, yes, so we will. Ime would rather. So Ime said he'd rather have Fred Van Vliet than James Harden. Mike, your thoughts? Ime, you are correct. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right. I uh, mean, I mean, he's a defensive coach. I do know that much. Yeah, and he is. But like, I just think he doesn't necessarily want assholes on his team. That could <laughs> that could be part of it. Uh, I mean, just like Fred Van Vliet. So, so what, you're saying he was tired of putting up with Marcus Smart, is what you're saying? No, shut up. <laughs> uh, let's just, let's think about who he is, right? We just talked about this with Drew Holiday with the Celtics, champion, like winning culture, good teammate. All he checks all of those boxes, and then he's not a bum. You know, he he averaged over 19 points a game last year. You know, he's he's been an All Star, seven assists, you know, a few rebounds a game, and he was second. You mentioned the defense. He was second, tied for second most steals per game at 1.8 steals per game last year. Like, influences the game in all aspects, can facilitate, can score on his own. Rockets aren't really need in, in, in need of much scoring. They have, you know, Jalen Jalen Green's a great scorer. They got some, some young talent there, but uh, not a bad thing to have another option. Obviously, uh, Kevin Porter Jr. is no longer on the team after, after uh, his... Uh, domestic violence incident, so that 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 takes away a lot of scoring. Uh, but yeah, Fred Van Fleet over James Harden I mean, every Van day Vliet, of the week. Van Fleet can still score. I mean, he, he what, he's like a nineteen. Yeah, nineteen points. That's that's yeah. nothing to scoff at. I mean, his percentages aren't great. I think he shot less than forty percent from the field. So kind of a volume guy, but but still, I mean, I don't think the Rockets are are looking to contend this year. Although they're. Their roster construction is is interesting. They did sign some veteran guys, namely Dylan Brooks, who I just, 
Don't understand that signing. Four years, 92? Yeah, yeah. I went up from 80 to 92. 91 or 92 and a half. Something stupid. Good God. It's so much money. That guy should be playing in China. Come on now. (laughs) (laughs) He Um, should be on Dwight Howard's team in Taiwan. Oh, okay. So, yeah. And, yeah. So, basically, Van Vliet, he checks all the boxes, isn't an asshole, good teammate, and then... James Harden doesn't. Udoko was nice about it. He said the words "I don't want James Harden" never came out of my mouth and all that. Yeah, stuff. and he did. He like, did coach James when you know before he became the Celtics head coach with Brooklyn in Brooklyn. Yeah, um, you have to be careful with what you say about any player in the in the NBA, especially because of the relationships, right? Like I, you can call it AU culture, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, guys, I, guys I, I hate it. Yeah, guys are like, friends. You know, like we we shit on James Harden, but. They're like James Harden is a he's respected in NBA locker rooms, right? Which I think says a lot about some NBA locker rooms. Uh, whatever. Maybe maybe not in Houston, and hence why he's not there. Probably not in Philadelphia these days either. Uh, I can only imagine what he's about. He did report to, to Sixers camp while we're on James you know, Harden. You know the only what James Harden could have done to get on my like. I think he should have shaved his beard and said, "I have to earn my beard back." Because because <laughs> that's how I feel. I don't think he, I don't feel like he deserves his beard. Isn't that like that's like Jewish culture and like some Arab cultures and stuff, right? I, I sound really ignorant right now, but like, isn't it, isn't that like how they think of it? Like you have to earn your beard, basically. I'm not right? sure. I, I, it very well could be. It's like it's like a it's like a manhood thing. Like you can't have your beard. I I could be totally talking out of my ass. But you know what? I like the concept. Yeah. And maybe it's because I have beard envy because my fucking twenty two year old brother can grow a better beard than I can. My shit's all patchy. Like, I cannot grow anything. That's embarrassing. But anyway, back so James Harden listed at six five two twenty. Over or under two weeks until he's two hundred fifty pounds. Oh, because yeah. Um no, I, I think he I think he already like did that one. You know what I mean? So I feel like he'll find another way to force his way out. Okay, so like he's gonna he try actually, and hit. He, he really tried. He, he straight up said that Daryl Morey is a liar and I will never be a part of an organization that he is a part of again. So it's like we need like the How does he go further than that? We need the disgruntled NBA brat um bingo card. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like what like sleep with the coach's wife? I don't know. Like well, that's know, what got allegedly got email out of Boston. Uh, Mm. It was alleged, you know, well, not c- ownership or whatever yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. whispers. He was messing around up, upstairs, yeah, which is kind of ridiculous, especially if the Rockets end up being awesome, right? Like, I mean, like, go back yeah. to last year. Like, like, do you think with the mistake – sorry, Celtics coach, Joe – Missoula. Missoula. Do you think Do you think there's any way I – don't, I don't think coaching matters that much in the NBA, but do you think there's any chance that Ime makes the difference? So – there's there's a slight chance. We were talking off air about something completely different, but I, I said I hate excuses, right? I hate built-in excuses. I just hate excuses in general. But sometimes they are valid. And the fact that Missoula was, you know, brought on just days before training camp to be the head coach, didn't get to assemble his staff. He lost Damon Stoudemire midseason, which was a big blow to his staff. You know, NBA vet guy that the players loved and had, you know, some coaching experience. He was kind of, from what I can tell, his right-hand man, and he lost him mid-season. Uh, it actually just came out. I'm not sure if it just came out or if I just found it myself. Uh, Missoula hit up J.J. Redick to come, like, mid-season last year once he lost uh, Damon to try and bring him onto the bench. Now, I don't know. 
So uh, JJ actually he he interviewed for the Raptors head coaching job, which I thought was interesting. But I don't know how much value he would have brought midseason, considering he hasn't been a coach before. I think he's a smart basketball mind. I love the three uh, old man in the three podcast. Uh, but I don't think he would have added that. But to get back to your question, there is a slight chance he would have added something. Um, he tends to click with the players really well. Um, it, well, see, it's funny that you say that. Is and then you have it, you, it, it was a built-in excuse, right? It was. And the thing is, is I feel like Ime actually held those guys accountable. And I don't think I think Joe tried. I think that Joe Joe was that guy that wasn't taken seriously because he's like five months older than them or something. Like, right. You know what I right. mean? Right. And he like never made it to the league. Right. Like he played basketball but never made it to the league. Like Ime played some. You know, played overseas and stuff like that. Um, I think he had an NBA career. And I mean, well. even if it's like just like something as stupid and and it shouldn't be like this but something as stupid as like you know i mean missoula is not that big of a guy email is kind of big and imposing you know like no i, 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 don't, I don't know if that works on, but it's also Jaylen brown you know but, but it's also like marcus smart's comments about in the playoffs about you know where i remember how disgusted you were with like yeah, the I mean, situation. it was just like, I forget the exact quote, but it was essentially, we have to pick Ime up sometimes. Yeah. And it's yeah. just like, or not Ime, excuse me, Joe Missoula. We have to pick Missoula up sometimes. Like, he's learning on the fly. Like, when he's wrong, we have to let him know. I'm like, no, that's not your job. Hey, like, I, I, I he, love... I he love, called them out. He did. I love player leadership. I'm not against that. But that's not player leadership. That's either the coach not being, you know... Va- I, I, valuable enough or or it's the one of your main guys calling out the co- coach either right. way it's not and, a good situation and let's not and let's see and the thing is as i said it to you at the time right is let's not let's not downplay the timing of when some of those quotes came out right it was when the celtics were down 3-0 and it was like okay let, let's again true. let's build in the excuse right and that's i feel true. like so whoever it's coming from right maybe it wasn't even coming from the players but there's some sort of culture within the celtics of like coddle the superstars which i i just don't like i can't say it doesn't work because like basically every team does it they just wipe their ass for them but you know what i mean for the most part yeah you know and like yeah i mean maybe maybe women yama won't be like that because he's because Jokic he's isn't like that you know jamal yeah. murray wasn't no like Jokic that. isn't like that that's true Giannis yeah. isn't like that but yes, yeah, so maybe I, he's starting maybe he's starting to be in people's eyes because, no no because I of the comments and then way. the damian lower trade but i just see him as a Nose to the ground, hard worker still. Yeah, I still, I mean, I still think he is, but I, so I, I overgeneralized a little bit, but yeah, I, I think that for the most part, yeah, they, they coddle their stars and I don't even know if they really have an option in a lot of cases, you know what I mean? Unless, unless you just already have a, a predetermined culture or, or, cause it is hard to find guys, uh, you know, to find a Giannis that's, that's going to be, you know, as, as most teams go, they go by their superstar. You know what I mean? So it's hard to find a Giannis to, yeah, I mean, to lead the way, right? The Heat are a perfect example of that. Look at Jimmy Butler. Yes, exactly. So That's a good point. All right. Well, I think that's uh, enough for our NBA minute. I mean, well, we did about nine. That's, I mean, that's not bad, you know? Not bad. Uh, you gotta, if I had Jake, it would have been like 12, 15. Probably. But we got to build me up. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, this is like uh, yeah, yeah. it's NBA preseason. I need to get uh, – it's like uh, conditioning. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, we'll keep firing off. We have to, Don't we, you worry. We'll get you in midseason form by the in-season tournament, we, which yeah. you're going you're gonna to love – you're going to learn to appreciate. Yeah, we, we have to uh, – we, we have to build me up slowly. Um, 
you know, four slow adaptations so that I don't uh, pull a pull a neck muscle yelling about it or something. So, all right. I've done pretty good not shitting on the NBA so far. All right. Um, all right. On to college football, though. Uh, so, Alabama at Texas A&M, um, not, the, not the slam dunk that – I mean, you know, Texas A&M was strong for a lot of years as well, but just, like, this is uh, – this is kind of a pick 'em, right? Yeah, um, Alabama's minus one at the at the uh, at Texas A and M, and uh, you know we talked about the. It's funny, even I I remember the uh, just the corny stuff going on at midnight at 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 Kyle uh, Field. Uh, yeah, yell leaders. Midnight yell is is what the tradition is. I guess it's been around for ever. I guess uh, last year they picked up a lot of slack. Uh, I think it's just because maybe that guy was extra corny. Um, and extra unpersonable. This or? was the this was the App State one, right? Yeah. So they're not going to be able to read their jerseys. Uh, so, uh, yeah, they're not so giving they, me a yell. Yeah. So a bunch of so a they, bunch they, they can't read a map. A <laughs> bunch of guys from Texas picked on them for being country. Okay. Yeah. I, right. I, interesting. That that's that was the take last 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 year at this time. It was just like, Look, huh? <laughs> doing too much learning in the schools. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Um, but regardless, a crazy place to play. 105,000 people <laughs> yelling at you. Uh, I mean, Alabama's you know somewhat used, obviously used to it, playing in ruckus environments every week. I mean, even last week they played Mississippi State, who you know, seller of the SEC, but still a very loud environment with those cowbells. Yeah. So the seller of the SEC is still a respected, you know, uh, yeah. a respected opponent for sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, so. It's back to Milrow. Um, uh, so, yeah, yeah, wasn't really asked to do much uh, through the air against Mississippi State. Yeah, I think they found mm-hmm. something with that, though. They've, you know, they've obviously gone through the quarterback carousel in the last couple weeks. Uh, but, yeah, 10 of 12, 164 yards. But they let him use his legs, 11 carries, 69 yards. So nothing crazy, two scores on the ground. Nothing crazy. But I think that's the recipe for success for this Bama team is, is finding just enough offense and, and letting your defense do the work. <laughs> Turning back the clock in Alabama a little bit, huh? After, yeah, yeah, not after what, five, six years of yeah, not the NFL's modern not the modern Alabama anymore. And I think that big part of that's Bill O'Brien's gone now, right? Like I mean he was only there for a couple of years, but but anyway, yeah. I mean, but Texas A and M, you talk about, you know, the teams that they had and, and stuff like that. Uh, there's a lot of pressure. There, they've they've had crazy recruiting classes. Their 2022 class was rated the highest recruiting class ever. Uh, they, they've brought in a lot of five stars, a lot of the you know top high school players in the country, and it just hasn't translated to wins on the football field in recent years yet. Uh, they're starting to turn a corner. Their defense is, has played really really well. Uh, they're second in in sacks in the nation, first in sack rate in the nation um you know so against the alabama team that's still trying to find their offense you know milrow is trying to run that defensive line is is legit uh one of those you know highly touted uh prospects uh walter nolan he was the the number one recruit in that class you know he's been balling for for the aggies so i think it you know a pick seems appropriate uh i think texas a&m has some has some questions offensively. 
as well. Uh, Brad Johnson's back at quarterback. They got a they got a decent running back, but it's just uh, there's definitely holes in both teams, right? Um, both of have started to play a little bit better, but uh, it could be anybody's game, and I, I I'm excited to to watch that one and and see a, a crazy Kyle Field. Yeah, um, you talk about the uh, the recruiting classes too. So like last year, did they do? Were there any official rankings of the transport transfer portal class? Because uh, they're gonna have to start doing something. I'm like not that, sure you if they think right. I'm not sure. Uh, you would think yeah, there there might be, and I'm just not aware. Obviously, Colorado would have to be one, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> you I would mean, think j- just on volume alone. Right? <laughs> yeah, but yeah. obviously they obviously they pulled some real talent too. Um, but it's just interesting how like just recruiting class doesn't really tell you like retaining those guys is now an important part. Of and it they as well. actually have; they've only lost two. I say only; it's it's only their second year, but they only lost two last year, which doesn't seem like a lot for you know how highly of a you, when you have that many five star prospects, not all of them are going to see the field, right? So to retain, and what it, did we say? It was two thousand student athletes went into the transfer portal last I year, believe, yeah. including like one hundred and twenty quarterbacks or something like that. So, um, so yeah, so two uh, out of two thousand. I mean, we're talking one hundred and twenty something college football programs, so right? One hundred thirty-two or something like that. Yeah, yeah, just quick math. That's you know, two only losing two is not too bad. Not at all. Um, so yeah, uh, I watched the first half of. Uh, Kentucky versus Florida, and uh, so it looks like Florida is who we thought they were. Though Mertz did play well, um, he did, he did. Or you know, hand up, I was wrong. You know, well, you know, last what? week I was wrong. I, you know, I can't even say that though. Like statistically, right? I mean, he's twenty-five or thirty, but actually, he was statistically not bad against Utah either, and it didn't really. Tell yeah, the I story. had, I had high, I had Hertz Heisman propaganda on my time on my feed after that Utah game, and I was like, I, I think I blocked that account. I was like, this is just, this is preposterous. Yeah, I mean, you if you watch if you watch the game, and if you watch the first, I only watched the first half of Kentucky versus Florida, and they just ran them over over two hundred uh, yards rushing just in the first half. This guy Ray Smith, who I don't even think is on like the draft radar, uh, finished the game with two hundred and eighty yards. Granted, it's the beauty got, of college football. Man. Yeah, it's just, I mean, who knows? You know, who knows? It, like, it could just be uh, a one week, but man, the way that he ran. It was actually on a uh, receiving touchdown. It was crazy. They it looked like they had him stopped at like the seven, and he just carried the whole Florida defense into the end zone. It was uh, it it was uh, beastly for sure. But point being, so Kentucky's uh, they also have a draft cor- prospect at quarterback in Devin Leary. You know, probably you know two years uh, in a row. You know, just a slow clap for Kentucky, honestly. Yeah. Well, you know what? No, because the last year's was Will Levis, and I am <laughs> I am out Mayo on Will. Man. Yeah. <laughs> no, for many reasons, including how he conducted himself at the draft. Fuck you, Will Levis. But also, yeah. Again, like I, I think we already said this on one of those po- one of our podcasts, but that's not going to go over well because he went with Hellman's, <laughs> and they like Dukes is 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 uh, they they have I, the I market. Think I, I think I saw some Dukes uh, at a restaurant uh, when I was down in Nashville. I was like, yeah. Will Levis, we're in Nashville. No bro. man, the guy, the guy on the tour in Charleston told us is like, no, we do Dukes down here. Like y- y'all don't know what you're missing. It's God's like, country. It's like, well, no, I don't because I don't really, I'm not really a Mayo guy anyway. So whatever. Um, but yeah, just so I just think a bad career move, but also yeah, I just think he's a total tool for leaving the draft and like and every and everybody coddling him like with the, with the, you know, like, oh well, poor guy. Like dude, fuck you. You're gonna get drafted early in the second round into the NFL. Who cares? Who cares? 
Tory still thinks he could be an offensive lineman. That's, yes. that's where this anger is coming from, everybody. Uh, that's not where the anger is coming from. I mean, <laughs> it's just, no, I mean, like, I think I could be, I could have been a backup guard. Dude, I'm sorry. I watch so many lazy offensive linemen, and I'm just like, my, my feet and my work ethic is way more than, and, and honestly, like, the technique, they're just, they're just fucking huge human beings. I'm not talking about all of them, obviously. Like, there are some really good left tackles out there that just have incredible footwork. Really good guards that obviously just got by on work ethic. You know what I mean? But there are some turds. Looking at you, Juwan Taylor. Yeah. So, anyway. Uh, back to back to Kentucky, Georgia. Um, they have three offensive line prospects that, that could be in this, this year's draft. Uh, I mean, you know, all probably like mid-round picks. But that's basically Kentucky the point. Kentucky does. Wow. Kentucky does, yeah. So, um, you know, and... And Devin Leary, who, again, you know, will be a later-round quarterback. Um, he'll be, you know, one of those senior bowl guys. He only threw the ball 19 times. It's like that might be the blueprint against Georgia because Auburn ran the ball well. And, and Auburn ran the ball very well against Georgia. I was surprised. It was a it was a one-score game, 27-20. to 20. You're just waiting for that moment that uh, – Georgia tends to do that in the first half, right? They, they kind of play with their food and – and uh, they kind of wear you down as the game goes on. It's Auburn was not worn out. No, and and I look at it. So Georgia's defense is built to send prospects to the NFL, right? And it's funny, and it's and obviously I'm enjoying it. It seems like things are trending in a direction back to teams are taking advantage of these smaller defenses. You know what I mean? And maybe that's what's happening. Like, obviously, Georgia always has monsters that de-tackled, or they have the last few years. Um, but, yeah, maybe you can run the ball on them a little bit now. Now that they've graduated all those guys, I, like, I, I tell you the truth, I don't know who Georgia's de-tackles are right now. But my point being is, like, I mean, Georgia even last year was small. Like, they had smaller linebackers. They had, uh, you know, Nolan Smith, who's an undersized edge rusher, right? Um, maybe things are moving, you know, I, I didn't think it was ever going to happen again because the rules had shifted so much in favor of the passing game, and I had kind of given up hope on power running games and things like that. And I feel like we're starting we're starting to see it both in, at the NFL level and in the, at the college level. Power running games can work, and so power I, running games have always worked to a degree in college. Uh, but but you know what I mean, like the, like the trend was to to start spreading it out more. Yeah, no, no, 100%. it was going to zone more. You know, Chip Kelly in Oregon, kind of. You yeah, know. I mean, all of those. Like, so, um, but I do I have to be the one to say that? Hand up, I'm not that impressed with with Georgia. With with all that said, uh, maybe it's not a, a total surprise. With, with but, anyone not named Brock Bowers, anyway. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, they really haven't impressed me. They've they've played a couple cupcakes and. You know, they beat them pretty handily, not necessarily to the degree that you would expect, you know, Georgia to beat UAB. You you would think it's more than 28, yeah. I, I would say. South Carolina, they, they won by 10. And, you know, last week against Auburn, at Auburn, you know, tough environment, obviously, SEC. They won by a touchdown. Maybe I'm being too hard on them, but uh, everyone was selling them as world beaters and yes they you know they've taken care of what they've had to take care of they haven't lost but winning by seven against Auburn that isn't the most talented Auburn team and only winning by 10 against South Carolina at home doesn't doesn't do it for me it really doesn't do I think Kentucky's gonna win no but I think they can keep it close again and I I'm telling you Georgia 
if they if if they have the patience to run the ball on the road and take Georgia's crowd out of it, then you know they have a maybe. shot, which is cr- which you again you go back to the preseason. You do not think Kentucky has a shot in this window in this week. You don't think it's possible. And from everything we've seen from Kentucky last week against Florida, and from Georgia against Auburn, like they have a legitimate chance to. To make some noise. I, I say, and Kentucky defensively, don't let Brock Bowers beat you. Make somebody else beat you. That's yeah. the way I, you know, that's the way I'm looking at it right now. Because he's because yeah, the, the sorry, the Georgia kid's name. He's obviously very comfortable with Bowers right now. So um Carson Beck, right? Yeah, yeah Beck, yeah, yeah. yeah, sorry. Um so yeah, Be- Beck's obviously com- comfortable with Bowers, targeting him a lot. So I say, like, yeah, make somebody else beat you. And I'm sure somebody on Georgia can. But let's let's see. Let's it. see it. Yeah, I yeah. agree. All right, um, moving on. So you know, got to be the college game of the week right now. Um, you know, Colorado's playing Arizona State. We're kind of, uh, you know, we're we're definitely we're still on the Colorado bandwagon. Yes, sir. Um, but yeah, uh, Colorado at Arizona State. I I I think I think this is a chance for Colorado to blow doors again. I agree. So, I agree. So let's just let's just move it along to number three, Texas uh, at Oklahoma. Is this? No, no, it's the it's the Red River oh, okay. rivalry, so it's at the Cotton Bowl you did, Stadium. You, you, you it's in it, Dallas. You did the notes fucked up. You got to do you got to do the away team first. Oh, it's it's a neutral site game. So, oh, oh, where is it? It's in Dallas. It's a it's a pretty ah, much right okay. in between. Yeah, Cotton Bowl, Cotton Bowl Stadium, uh, t- Red ah. River Red River rivalry, hundred uh, nineteenth rendition of the game, I believe. Um, I apologize for saying you Texas State that. Fair. That was, that no, was, it's okay. It's okay, man. We're was, we're learning about college football. Okay, <laughs> that's all we're doing here. <laughs> that was really wrong of me. I'm sorry. No, we're good. We're we're playing a game in Dallas, and we're playing a game that's that's two ranked opponents for the first time in a few years. Uh, last time this happened, so Texas is three, Oklahoma is twelve. So top twelve matchup. Um, last time this happened was COVID year 2020. It was a shootout. I think Do you believe was, that? That's the last time both of these teams were ranked, but like. Playing against each other, I mean, it I know was, it's crazy, right? It's just, I mean, Texas and Oklahoma for me growing up, I mean, they, like that is always, college football, yeah. right? Like from a, especially from a like a northeasterner's perspective, for the most part, it's it's if it's not Notre Dame, it's it's either like Ohio State, Michigan, or Texas, Oklahoma. Like that is college football. And uh, Texas is five and zero for the first time since Colt McCoy, who I still say somebody should sign. I, I can't believe you know, like that was it was McCoy played against. Vince Young in that, or uh, no, 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 sorry, no, no, Vin, no, because they were both Texas. They, they were both how many? They were both no. <laughs> it's okay. No, Vince Young took over for Colt McCoy, so that's how long ago it was. That's that's what I'm trying to say. I think Colt McCoy was after Vince Young, but was he? Still, it was I a long time ago. Colt McCoy, Texas. I think it was like 2007, 2008. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Vince Young was like 2000. That that game was 2005, I believe. The USC, yeah, USC yeah. Texas game, yeah. But regardless, uh, you know, a rivalry game, and uh, that that's got us thinking a little bit. Um, let's just let's just rifle off a couple of our favorite college football rivalry time, games of all time. It's time for a countdown. It's time for a listicle in podcast form. And let me let me start. Uh, you know, I'm I'm feeling the Red River rivalry right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick stick on that theme. 2017, uh, number three Oklahoma beats Texas, unranked Texas, 29-24. This was Baker Mayfield, Oklahoma. 
Uh, he balled out 302 yards, including... Did he, he, did he do mean things to... To uh, Texas's logo or anything like that? No, just Ohio State. Just just that, that planted, was Ohio State. Just okay. planted the flag at the at the middle of the field Man, against Ohio State. A lot of hurt feelings over that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. One of our listeners is going to be very upset about that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he balled out against against the rival that week. Uh, Three hundred two yards, including the eventual game winner, a fifty nine yard wheel route score to Mark Andrews, like six minutes left. Hand up, did not knew, did not know Mark Andrews and Baker Mayfield were teammates in college. But that was also the team that had CeeDee Lamb, Hollywood Brown. That team was just so fun to watch. It's, it's It was a prototypical Lincoln-Riley team. Uh, just no defense whatsoever. <laughs> and just, like, crazy offense. Like, that, that's what we're seeing with Caleb Williams right now in, uh, at USC, you know? Like, it's... Everybody who he is. Everybody is so on Lincoln Riley getting a head coaching job in the NFL, and I'm just like, why? Like that's a, like maybe an offensive coordinator. I mean, I, but like, why would you do that? Like you're set at USC. I don't know. I mean, you you've been hearing that though. Like the, those are the rumors, right? Yeah, yeah. Him and Dion. All right, rivalry games. Keep going. Keep going, Mike. Oh, you want me to just? Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're, I'm gonna go. Uh, the Bush push. USC riding a 27 game winning streak. Sneaks by Notre Dame, 34-31 in the Coliseum. Reggie Bush pushes Matt Liner into the end zone on a fake spike in the final seconds. I mean, that's just an iconic college football moment. Um, you which, remember that game, right? Which, by the way, it was illegal at that time, wasn't it? That, that was like yeah, a, it's, it was it's a kind, big... It's kind of funny that, you know, we've come full circle now with the... With the bro- brotherly shove, is that what it's we're a, calling it bro- now? Yeah, I, I, we'll, go, we'll go brotherly shove, tush push, whatever, but... Um, it's funny. Somebody, uh, people are actually, you know, finding us on social now, and uh, and somebody commented like, "Oh, that's a, that's uh, aiding the runner," and he's, a, I think he's a little bit more of an old school fan though, and uh, like actually that hasn't been illegal in college since 2013. So, uh, but it was illegal at that time, and there was a lot of uh, there was quite a bit of contro- yeah, controversy Dame, around Notre it. Notre Dame yeah. fans definitely were not happy. Uh, I'm going number one. I think this is one of the most iconic moments in college football. Uh, 2013 Iron Bowl, kick six. Need I say more? I will. Uh, number one Bama at number four Auburn at Jordan-Hare Stadium. Clock ran out, actually, tied 28-28. Uh, I believe Saban threw a challenge flag to get a second back on the, on the clock so they could kick a field goal, and that, that turned out to, to bite him, huh? Uh, who, it was uh, Chris Davis. How could I forget? Yep. Chris Davis. Catches a 55-yard field goal attempt that was two, three feet short, maybe because it was on the back line. Was it? Oh yeah, no, I, I. It was a full 110. Pretty, pretty much. And this is the. Was this year uh, Auburn lost to uh, Jameis Winston in Florida State in the national championship? 2013, I think it was. Yeah, okay. I think it was. But yeah, I mean that that call, one of the most iconic calls of of any sport in my opinion auburn's gonna win the football game auburn's gonna win the football game it just oh it gives me chills just thinking about it good luck trying to top that but uh go ahead you know Tory you know i mean i'm not even, like i think that one's my favorite actually so you stole it from me but that's all right um so i'm gonna go uh number three was uh the choke at doke this is uh so FA, fsu beat a, completed a 28 point comeback in the fourth quarter and, uh, you know, I guess just I'm just a contrarian going with a tie. 
um, you know, the joke about, you know, a tie is like kissing your sister. But really, this tie was kind of like kissing your hot stepsister. And don't, <laughs> don't, don't act like you haven't looked it up, that, you know, that, that genre. So whatever. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, they, they came back. They scored 28 points in the, in the fourth quarter. And to tie, and then they ended up beating them later on in the Sugar Bowl. And this is just one of my favorites anyway, just rewatching the game. It was 92 or 93, I can't remember. But um, that floor, both teams were just stacked. Uh, Florida State had Derek Brooks, Warwick Dunn, just guys that all these guys you remember from the NFL. Their, yeah. their defensive line was Nat, Andre Wadsworth. Um, had somebody, somebody nasty at tackle, too. Um, uh, Florida, it was uh, Danny Warfel. And, I mean, there was just there were just studs all over the place that I remember uh, yeah, just a lot from the of, NFL a lot as well. Of talent. Um, so number three, that was a fun one. Yeah, that's just a cool storyline too, like the the overall storyline, like coming back and beating them the second time around. Yeah, exactly. They they didn't, you know, Florida Florida State would have been in the you know the college football playoff if they'd had it back then. It's just it's also I had to throw it in there just to remember. Yeah, there used to be ties and you know, weird. I don't know. Florida State actually like ended up with the ball and a chance to go down and kick the winning field goal, but then again, you you watch it and like the strategy was different back then, right? It's like right. like you know if you play you you could play for the tie to a certain extent. Um, let's see. Uh, so I'm gonna go Army Navy in 2016. Uh, Army snapped a 14 game losing streak to Navy. And uh, it's just good to see the service rivalry, service academy rivalry back. You know what I mean? Now that actually Army's won what four of the last six. Yeah, um, Army's got a, you know had a couple of NFL prospects. They got a uh, I don't know if he's still with the Seahawks, but they had a they had a linebacker um, Ratzinger, I think. Yeah, and their their quarterback was was flirting with the NFL too, I believe. Navy had a well, or no, it might have been Navy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, Navy had a corner that signed with the with the Bucks. And then they were gonna like, and then the DOD was like, "No, nah. no, you have to serve." And, like, then, nah. and then he was, like, <laughs> I mean, which is, like the whole storyline was horrible. It was actually a pretty bad look for the kid. Um, you know, I don't want to like be too tough on him, but it's like you, <laughs> it was what you signed up for, you know. Um, it, it basically had just become um, standard practice to let guys go to the NFL because it was good PR and they were like now you're gonna go be in the Navy like you said you would <laughs> you know or Marines I don't remember what his deal was so um, they ended up letting him go and playing for the Bucks but yeah so who do you wrote who do you root for in that game like who do Marines root for in service oh, academy games I mean like I guess we're supposed to root for Navy but I don't think anybody that didn't go to the service academies actually cares Fair enough. Which I mean, which funny enough, right? I mean, because you know, I went to a a service academy or a half military school myself in Norwich, up in north northern Vermont, and just a weird environment. Being it's it's half military, half civilian. I don't I don't know how many schools are actually like that, honestly. Uh, yeah, definitely a unique environment. I remember. So there's like you know there's hallowed ground and stuff, and so you're not. So if you're civilian, you don't walk on the parade ground up there, right? And I remember the night the Red Sox won the World Series in 2004 and everybody celebrating up there. And I just went back and reminisced this when I went and covered the lacrosse game at Norwich. Um, but just just a weird place, man. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. In a tiny little town yeah. in, in northern Yeah, Vermont. Norwich, it is, a, it is a small, small town. I, I've been up there once or twice myself. Back to the Army-Navy really quick. 
Uh, I'm going to go to that game. It's at Gillette this year. They, they've started to move it around. It used to always be in Philadelphia. I am super stoked to go to that game. Like that atmosphere I've seen, obviously only on TV, it just looks phenomenal. Yeah, I, the the energy, right? Like, so that's why I got to put that on the uh, on the rivalry games, just because. Like, I respect the hell out of it. Yeah, you know, like 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 that game I put on there because it snapped the, the the long losing streak and everything, like kind of renewed the rivalry. But really, like, even if it's fifty nine to nothing, it's just it's 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 so much fun. I mean, there's all these you know pre pre game pranks they play on each other and stuff like that. It's just uh, there's actually a good article. Um, Actually, I, I did one, too, where I literally just posted a bunch of uh, YouTube videos of, of different uh, promos and stuff. And, like, people that went to the service academies that are famous now, you know, right. they, they do these things to, to hype up Army, hype up Navy, whatever. Um, so, you should, yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll post that article. Just you should. Just, yeah, or maybe I'll do it right before the, uh, the Army-Navy game. But as far as, as far as Carl's rivalries go, I mean... Yeah, it's it's right up there. And then what do they play for the the President's Cup or the President's Trophy, one or the other? But it's uh, but all the all the the three service academies and whoever wins the round robin out of those three basically gets the gets the trophy. Probably be Air Force again. Uh, probably be Air Force this year. But uh, and then number one, I mean, it's just uh, it's hard to top Boston College, Miami, the you know whatever you want to call it. There's there's been different names, Miracle in Miami, Hail Flutie. Well, there was a. Di- I think it's Miracle in Miami 1 because yeah, Miracle I, in Miami 2 was... This is not me the, being a salty Patriots fan. Can we just stop, like, recycling these? Like, if if that's my, like, the Miracle in Miami, like, just let that be. Like, just come up with something some, else. Like, come it, up with something it was else. a regular season game in, for the Dolphins. I mean, I guess this is a regular season Dude, game, because it's, like, it's college football. You're but, right, though. It's like, it's like movie studios with the rebooting a movie that was already made. Like, can you come up with an original idea? Yeah, I don't want to take away from this game, though, so please get into it. <laughs> just, no, I mean, just, you know, I mean, Boston College, Miami, it's not the, it's not the rivalry it used to be, unfortunately. Boston College is, you know, seen yeah. better days. But Matt uh, Ryan isn't walking through that door anytime sorry. soon. Oh, God. Um, but you know, just Doug Doug Flutie, little he's listed at five ten on Wikipedia. I think that's being generous. The guy had you know a pretty damn good NFL career as well. Um, but just tiny Doug Flutie throwing up that hail mary <laughs> to win the game, forty seven to forty five. I mean, it, it's a moment that will live in sports fans' brains for their entire lives no it's and it, i don't know and it, i guess it's like the grainy footage kind of does yeah, it for me too yeah, it's kinda, no. you know it's like watching the miracle on ice which is like i mean that's like i think it kind of like is just reminiscent of that for me i guess you know um but yeah you gotta love gotta love flutie you know getting it done too. absolutely um all right mossman just where to wrap up talking about college football i gotta ask you like where's what's your heisman rankings right now i, th- I feel like i i know where your number one's gonna be but let's let's go down one through five Put you on the spot. Nope. <sighs> really putting me on the spot here, huh? Um, I mean, I, I, I figured, I figured you kind of had this ready to go. Like, I mean, you. I don't know. I've never been a Heisman voter. I don't know what it's <laughs> like. I thought I was in the presence of, uh, you know, or I mean, I'm gonna go Michael Penix Jr. One. I, he's just Washington's just really impressed me. Um, talking about how Georgia hasn't. They they really have. He's just balled out. He balled out last year. He just continues to put up insane numbers and just uh, lead lead the Huskies to victories. Um, crazy that a wa- I have the a Washington quarterback one right now. Not not what I envisioned, but hey, that's how the season rolls out. Caleb Williams is going to be two. 
uh, what he finished last year, ironically enough for me, in the, in the voting. Obviously, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, and for good reason. I think I mentioned it last episode, uh, just his presence in the pocket and outside of the pocket, uh, manipulating DBs down the field when he's rolling out and buying time. Uh, he's just elite at that. Uh, Patrick Mahomes-esque, I would say, in that regard. And he has a cannon, despite being... I don't know how tall he is, but he's, he's pretty short. Uh, anyway, I'm going to go Quinn Ewers 3. Texas has a chance. I mean, they're they're number three right now in the nation. Obviously, like we just said, big big rivalry game this week. Um, you know, went in and beat Bama in Tuscaloosa, which doesn't happen very often. You got to give him the respect there. Uh, if Texas keeps rolling, it's he's going to be in the conversation. Uh, I'm going to go Bo Nix four. Another, I'm pretty Pac-12 heavy now that I think about it. Three out of the top four. Oh, I was just going to say all these guys are going to play each other, which or well, three three of the yeah, four. Yeah, yeah, I'm, play each I'm other. excited. Yeah, Bo Nix is. Or another Oregon, another not necessarily like, what is like Bo, huge surprise, but on, how old is Bo Nix? Bo Nix is like he tw- played against Justin Herbert. 24? Yeah, he has to be like 23, 24. Hang on, um, hang on, keep talking. I'm looking it up. Yeah, so and then I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go your your guy five. Um, my guy, who's my guy? Your guy's Ray Davis, the Kentucky. Oh, okay, all right. You know, yeah, 280 yeah. rushing yards. We'll, 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 you know, the, as Stephen A. Smith says, the list is fluid. It's fluid. Uh, oh, we're assholes. Bonux is only 23. Oh, okay. Well, you All said right. 23, 24. I mean, that's not okay. assholes. Um, well, no, I, I mean, I, did, I was going to ask you, would he be penalized um, the way uh, Bennett, you know, for being like 30 years old in college football? No, I don't think <laughs> I, that w- that's not why I didn't vote for Stenson Bennett. I just think uh, Stenson Bennett played well. Like we mentioned CJ Stroud's numbers in that game. Uh, Bennett almost had identical numbers to, to Stroud in that game. He did just get penalized for the amount of talent that was around him, right? Like, when I think Heisman, I think somebody that has to impact winning to a greater degree than I think that Stenson Bennett did at Georgia last year. And what I think Ray Davis will do this week against, you know, if if they beat Georgia, man. We got to... I mean, I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm kind of bullshitting here, but if they beat Georgia and he puts up 200-plus on, on the Georgia defense, like, I, I think he'll actually man. be in the conversation. Um, so I'm I'm just first on it, and I uh, I thank you for it. you you put me on some uh yeah well some love for a non quarterback good yeah right. no it's uh you know I think let's see if we can get a uh, Travis Hunter would have been you know like it's I'm bummed he had to miss some time like, yeah well I was gonna say you know I was hoping we could get a defensive player on here but I'll I'll keep campaigning you know yeah I'm I'm not against it man it's just it's just it is what it is at this point wow. I just realized, like, I could I could have an influence on the Heisman. Vote. No, you can't. Whether, I'm, I'm no, not. No. You're not going to influence my vote. That's not. That's not going to happen. Yeah, you say that, but you know, no, I, like, no. I, I'll worm into your brain with it. You know, no, like, no. I I have friends that have have tried to do that. <laughs> it did not work out for them. They can they can attest to that. I am unbiased. I will. I don't know, man. I you will, spend a lot more time with me than anybody these days. I, I spend the most. You know who I spend the most time with? Myself mm-hmm. and my thoughts. So <laughs> the, that that's going to be who picks the Heisman. Is uh, at least a small part of who picks the Heisman. I mean, so Penix is a is a first round prospect, right? Yeah, he's, he's like, phenomenal. Um, but he's another guy. He he's up. I mean, he's in his fifth year, right? I mean, he has to be twenty two, twenty three as well. Let me uh, let me. Yeah. And whereas Williams is what redshirt sophomore or junior, you know, either way, he's only yeah, been in school. Yeah, this yeah. Is Penix is twenty three as well. So yeah, so you know, 
You're kind of seeing that new wave. And I mean, it's kind of worked out when you go to the NFL. You look at Brock Purdy, four years, I think. I know he was a four-year player. I think he was a four-year starter at Iowa State. You yeah. know, just well, like that's, the, that's actually not anything new. I mean, like somebody like Peyton or uh, yeah, Peyton Manning. Um, you know, he had like you know fifty-two starts at Tennessee or something like that. Like the and then you like Jamar- yeah, even C.J. Stroud. Was, Russell, I think, was a starter for one year. Like there is some C.J. Uh, Stroud was battle tested at Ohio State. Like and uh, and meanwhile, I'm still high on Anthony Richardson, <laughs> <laughs> who had thir- what thirteen starts or whatever. Yeah, he's it like was. the he's like the Kyrie Irving of, of basketball because Kyrie Irving played like sixteen games at Duke, and I thought he was going to be this bust. How dare you call him? <laughs> no, not personality wise, just game experience wise. Still though, just you know, game experience wise, it's a valid comparison. Are, are you implying that Anthony no. Richardson is a flat earther? No. <laughs> Although he should have, he should have kept his. He, he wore fifteen, I think, in Florida, right? AR fifteen. Yeah, that's, that's a cool yeah. nickname. All right. Yeah. And I then, yeah, maybe he dropped it for like exactly that. Yeah, right? he might have. Eh, it probably would have gone over okay in Indiana. Fifteen's my favorite number, by the way. So I, I take. What Tebow? I take that a little personal. No, I just like the number. Like how did how that happen? Anybody else? I mean, we were just my birthday is on the fifteenth. Maybe oh, I'm a little okay. self centered. I don't know. Yeah. I, I just think it. Lo- I have a theory that if you wear fifteen, you're a playmaker. Oh, all right. I, I wasn't, but you're, it, bi- you're big into like, numerology. Do you hate the number thirteen? No, I don't. All right. Well, anyway, let's get into our. Uh, hey, uh, you know, showing what well-rounded individuals we are, and uh, so yeah. Every day is a holiday. Every day is an important day in history. We've got to celebrate every day, so we're here to help you with that. We do have a holiday weekend finally coming up after a long stretch of no holidays. And I don't even know what it is in Vermont, but fuck Christopher Columbus. So let's go Indigenous Peoples Day. That's what it probably should be. I think that's what it um, is nationally, yeah. Is that, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know for sure. I don't know. I just know some places. What was it? I just saw an article today. I almost put it in the paper. It was... Uh, a, a statue of Christopher Columbus disappeared from somewhere and then popped back up somewhere else in Rhode Island. <laughs> and it's spooky. been, it's, it's being like vandalized. And That's stuff. spooky. It's like, well, no, I mean like, I don't think it like, it just, yeah, no, I know. I know. But. Yeah. Um, but they put it up somewhere else and, um, and it's rightfully being vandalized. And I think that's hilarious because I stand by that. Fuck Christopher Columbus. <laughs> can that be an official position on this show? Yeah, it can, like, it uh, can be. Are, yeah. we, are we more of a Leif Erickson podcast? Is uh, that- you know, you know, I don't know enough. I, I hear that there was a lot of uh, raping and pillaging, though, so I don't know if I can. All right, maybe not him either. I don't know if I can condone that either. I I, I think most people in the 1500s and before and were, Leif Erickson was were a just Viking, dicks. right? Yeah. Yeah, so he probably wasn't that great of a guy. No, no probably not a great guy. Um, Probably pretty badass, though. Like, yeah. I, like, like, I don't feel like. My friends just went to the, the Viking uh, Museum in Sweden, Norway. That makes sense. Yeah. Norway. One of those two. I think they were in Norway. They said it was cool. I'm jealous. I mean, I haven't even been to Europe yet. I want to. I really want to go to uh, Iceland or something like that, see the Northern Lights. Cause That'd like, be sweet. I was in Alaska, but I was there in July. So, <laughs> so th- it was there are bright no, <laughs> the yeah, entire day. There, there's nothing but light to be seen then. Yeah. Um, yeah. P- plenty of stories about Alaska, but another time, another time. There's no time. All right. Um, well, October 6th is National Coaches Day. And so, uh, I don't know. Do you have something to say about this? Yeah. Favorite I, coach. Uh, uh, you got a favorite coach. Is it, is it the, the coach with the, with the famous quote, with the infamous quote? Oh, uh, oh no. I, I mean, he's a good dude for sure. Um, no, I mean, Oh, geez, favorite coach. Honestly, like I, I remember, I was like, 
I don't know, when I was like eight years old, one of my basketball coaches, um, you know, if, if you can believe it, basketball and soccer. But he was re- wow. he was he was a great guy, and he was just always uh, working with the with the youth programs and stuff. Um, so Gary Foucher, if you're out there, um, shout out to him. Um, obviously, I love my football coaches too. Um, yeah, that's yeah. Mine mine is uh, he he coached me my fresh freshman sophomore and junior year of basketball. Was also an assistant on the football team. Uh, Larry Frankor. He's just like he was just hilarious. Like. He held you accountable. You know, there's like player coaches that just like let things slide and and whatever. He didn't let things slide, but he was just hilarious. He was just, I think he was just a few years out of college when, you know, I was, when he was coaching us and uh, just, he would, he would lace him up with us at basketball practices. You know, we'd bump music. It'd be, it'd be a fun time, you know, Getting in like competition with your coach, like in the mix, it, it does something for a team. It's it's kind of weird. I don't know why. Um, yeah, I, you know, I I want to say just like you know, as far as because I have some experience coaching myself, and man, just like all the shit you got to deal with from parents and politics and all that stuff. Like, so just respect to all the coaches out there that do it, um, whether you're good at it or not. Um, you know, but like as long as you as long as you like care about your kids and you show that and. I don't think a lot of people understand how much like people that do it, like, like if you're coaching at like the high school level, you're not making any real money off of it. Right. Like, you, you do it. You, you not, not in new England, at least if you're a Texas high school football yeah, coach, you probably, sure. that's probably your career. Sorry. But yeah, but if you, but no, you're right. Uh, yeah. But coaching high school football up here in Vermont or something, you know, you know, something along those lines, like, man, just the time, the, the time that you put in, you know, you, you really like making like pennies an hour, but it's, but that's not what it's about. It's about, it's about the kids, you know, and making an impact. Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, so also, uh, October 6th, uh, just, <laughs> this, I don't know why this made me think of the show Archer. If, if anybody's a fan out there, but 1866, the Reno brothers, uh, executed the first train robbery, uh, like robbing trains wasn't anything new before that, you know, before they did that, but they actually like stopped the moving, you know, stopped the moving train in the middle of nowhere as opposed to robbing the train at the station, basically. So it became a new concept and it worked for, you know, you know, 20 or 30 years. And, and Hollywood writers just love that concept. Right. They which is what ran with it, which makes me think of Archer. Cause you know, like there's a, yeah, you said you haven't seen Archer. No, at all, so. Yeah, so like one of Archer's dreams was to fight on top of a train, and then he found out pretty quickly it's not as cool as he thought. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Um, also, 1961, just just terrifying times. They give you you know good for perspective. JFK urged urged all Americans to build the bomb shelter. Um, just tell I you- cannot imagine the president <laughs> of the United States getting on this television right here and being like, hey. Build like, it like shit's bad. So you know, yeah, go for it. Like, I mean, would you even like? This is always the question, right? My wife, like my wife, for instance, always says, like, like, no, nah, I'm good. Like, if nuclear war happens, like, just, just let me die. It's fine. Um, like, yeah. Would, would you want to live in that post-apocalyptic world? Like, there's, there's definite pros and cons. Like, I think there's a point to where I would want to, and a point where I'd want to give up. And at that point, it's probably too late. I can't remember the name of the movie. Yeah, again, like bad movies are a guilty pleasure for me um, that take themselves seriously. And there was this movie about like, you know, b- basically nuclear holocaust or whatever. And but and like 10 people down in a bomb shelter and they all start losing their minds and killing each other and stuff like that. And then basically, eventually the radiation starts getting down there in the shelter anyway. And like um, but like uh, 
Terminator? Have you seen Terminator? Yeah. yeah. So, so Terminator 2, Eddie Furlong. Like, it's a grown-up Eddie Furlong. It's really weird. Um, but, yeah. And so, yeah, my wife and I were discussing that. It's not a good movie, by the way. Like, it's like, you know, it's just like, oh, my God. <laughs> this is... This is bad. Yeah, if people are gonna try and eat me, I think I'm, 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 I think I'm all set. I think I'll call it a day. It's just, I guess it's just like, just like the zombie apocalypse deal, where it's, I think radiation would be shittier. Zombie apocalypse is like, I don't know, you can see your enemy, I guess, too. So it's not so bad. But yeah, like, but like we talked about with Miles Jack, right? Like underrated profession is plumber. Uh, yeah, that's true. Where's all that shit gonna go? You know, so like, you know. Be nice. Be nice to your plumber. Yeah, the more you, the more you talk about it, I think I'm, I think I'm with your wife. I think I'm good. I think I'm all set. <laughs> I think I'm probably good too. Like <laughs> I, I'm not handy. I don't like. No, it's it's okay. Twitter's not going to work down there. I'm all set. <laughs> and that's, yeah, that's true. Like, yeah, we can't even like handle when Wi-Fi goes out at work for like an hour. So, like, do we really, do we really want to live in that world? Uh, do we want, do we want to actually talk to actual human beings? Nah. Um, and then 1926, Babe Ruth, uh, he hit a record three homers in game four of the World Series, uh, and they won that game, but they lost to the Cardinals in seven. And two years later, he tied that mark, uh, uh, hit three home runs in another World Series Damn, game. Damn, he had, he had it twice, huh? Yeah, it, like back before home runs were practically a thing. So, you know, so you can't, you can't like overstate how the much, Bambino. you know, yeah, how much he, you know, ah, dude, again, you haven't seen Sandlot. It's okay. It's okay. I've seen. Have I seen Sandlot? Oh, I thought you told me you hadn't. I, I, I think I have. That's right. We'll make a list someday. Yeah. We'll, like yeah. I, I'll, I'll rank. I'll, I will put them in order of, you know, how important it is they, for them to be seen. Uh, all right, Mike. Take October seventh, please. Yeah, it's National Frap Day. Uh, I'm a big frap guy. Love. I mean, fraps and milkshake are the same thing, no? I don't know. Uh, Regardless, I'm a big frap guy. Uh, Just classic chocolate frap on a nice warm summer evening. Just gets me going. The hang on now, like is it is uh is this kind of like a New England soda soda pop pop thing where you call like some people call it a frap, some people call it a shake, milkshake. I feel like there's other names for it. I don't know. Doing the research now. <laughs> a milkshake um, is a drink made of milk flavoring and usually ice cream mixed or shaken until frothy. As for frap, Webster's refers to it as a dessert made of partly frozen beverages, fruit juices, etc., or a drink made of some beverage poured over shaved dot dot dot. Okay, but if it's if it's got fruit juices, that makes it a smoothie. Yeah, right? ex- exactly. I'm I'm out on Webster's definition, <laughs> and they're literally showing a chocolate milkshake. So it's a chocolate milkshake, everyone. Come on, man. Um, oh yeah, like yeah. Have you ever had tropical smoothie? You've always, like yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah. yeah. You were you were out in Arizona for a while, so I guess you. Yeah. They don't really have them out here, do they? Not that I've seen airports. I guess yeah. Like, probably. I don't know. Yeah, tropical smoothie was good though. Um, Jamba Juice. Jamba was, juice. I think the first time I ever had one was when I was out in San Diego, though. It's, yeah, Chick Fil A. First time I had Chick Fil A was like I gotta two, get out two, to San Diego sometime. two three years ago. Definitely go to San Diego. Um, I mean, it was a lot more fun on the government's dime. So. <laughs> um, all right. Also on t- October seventh, the uh, the ass kicking of all ass kickings in college football. Uh, Georgia Tech shut out Cumberland, uh, some tiny school in Tennessee, two hundred twenty two to zero. 
And hang on, let me pull up the... I would go even further than just college football. That's one of the greatest ass kickings in all of sports history, oh, if you I, ask yeah, me. Yeah, for sure. I and mean, it, like, it gets brought up every couple, probably like every five years or so. It it makes its way into a broadcast or something, and, you know, you get a good laugh out of it, but it's just like 222. Like, you divide that by seven, you're looking at over 30 touchdowns. On my uh, cursory sor- search, uh, there is a, a pretty iconic picture here, though. So like, they had to, like tape on a, nu- a number to the end of the scoreboard <laughs> that's <laughs> like, awesome like, no it won't fit um we didn't know we were gonna go triple digits yet. yeah this is crazy you know ne- never mind into the 200s yeah um so yeah uh i i looked for a box score i couldn't find an actual box score makes sense but yeah over a century ago i guess they weren't they weren't a thing yet i guess um but cumberland committed 15 turnovers georgia tech scored 32 touchdowns and uh, Georgia Tech only ran 29 offensive plays, all rushes. And so they had, so and I had to ask this question: Was the forward pass a thing yet? Yes, it was. Um, yeah, because actually uh, Cumberland threw six interceptions in the game. If you so you just it. told me that they ran 29 plays and scored 32 touchdowns. Is that is that what you said? Or uh, Cumberland ran 29 plays? Is what you're saying? No, uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they they must have scored on almost every play, and they must have, <laughs> they must have scored on kick returns. Oh, no, well, only one kick return because they didn't score, right? So they must have scored on punt Defense. returns, uh, defensive scores. Wow. Because um, yes, yeah, it says that they ran 29 offensive plays, all carries, 501 yards, and Cumberland finished with negative 28 yards, and Cumberland did not gain a first down, by the way. Um, so the story on this too is they. Uh, by the way, Georgia Tech's coach was uh, John Heisman. Heard of him? Um, so, I've heard and, of him. and apparently it was this whole grudge thing. Um, and they wouldn't they wouldn't let Cumberland back out, even though they had already shut down their football program. But it would have cost them three thousand dollars, which is sixty five thousand dollars in today dollars. And so they were like, I guess we got to play. And so they just went and rounded up some hobos and. Uh, I don't know which, which is and the, like the so apparently Heisman, who also uh, coached baseball, was had a grudge against them because they were Cumberland was using professional players in their uh, against them in baseball, and so he really wanted to put it on them and run it up. Pettiness will do amazing things. Imagine being um, in Cumberland, like a student at Cumberland. You're just you're at the cafeteria, you're at the dining hall, and now you're getting your in your pizza, you put your mashed potatoes on your plate, and then somebody's like, you want to go play football? <laughs> so, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> and then you're playing, you know, perennial national title contender, Georgia Tech at that point, and it doesn't go as as you really planned. The, uh, what was, hang on, there was a halftime speech. Um, why? <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, from Heisman, actually. Yeah, I can't imagine what the halftime speech for Cumberland was, but Heisman urged his team to keep the pressure on. You never know what those Cumberland players have up their sleeve, he said. So in the second half, go what, out wait, and hit them clean and hit them hard. Do wh- not let up. What was the score at halftime? 126 to 0. So I don't know what he thought they had up their sleeves. Maybe apparently 127 points. Maybe spinach. <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if Popeye was a thing yet. I you know, steroids, something. Um Let's see. Um, you got to always be on your toes when you're, you know. They're ready to make their move, you know. 127, yeah. You know, 20 touchdowns are right back in it, you know. <laughs> I mean, we, we just did it to them. They could do it to us, right? 
Uh, let's see. Oh, October 8th, International Newspaper Carrier Day. Shout out, Steve, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. not exactly, you know, uh, traditional newspaper carrier i guess but you old enough to to be a little paper boy back in the day i was not a paper boy i played paper boy it was a Did it you? was a game on regular nintendo nice. you, i don't know if you're familiar no i'm not familiar with that game i feel like that's probably like the closest thing we had to grand theft auto before grand theft auto paper boy well yeah man you feel like so you would like get bonuses you would throw the paper and you would like hit like a dog or you would like throw it oh, through a window th you're talking or, about it i've definitely seen it before yeah, yeah. and now that i think like because i only say it's close to that because there's cars you can get hit by the cars you can commit crime can't keep, stab anybody but nah, hey you, you know, can't stab any tomato tomato you can't you know pay the hooker and then kill her and get the money yeah. back you know, you know all the you know you can't run over 20 people um you don't have you're a bazooka a and paper boy but yeah. it's close it's a close. harrier jet that was yeah san andreas was just a a, dude dude i played way too much san andreas when i my freshman year of college like it got it got so bad i played way too much san andreas in like fourth grade well, yeah <laughs> so yeah that checks out and and did you have like did you ever play so much that like you forgot the rules of society and you would just like walk out into the street and well, I was a fourth grader, so uh, so, so, so my mom so was bringing me to are, basketball are, practice. I, I didn't really understand like, society like as a whole. You have to hold my <laughs> hand. Like, yeah. um, no, I, I literally remember why, like like almost walking out into the street. That's how how many video games I played. It's not not a proud moment, but you know I'll admit it. Whatever. Um, and October eighth, nineteen fifty six. Uh, Don Larson pitched the only perfect game in World Series history, and he was actually uh, it was the only postseason no hitter until Roy Halladay did it for the Phillies in 2010. So, just quite an accomplishment, obviously. That's amazing. Um, and I think that was an amazing show. And what else is amazing is if I stop talking in the next 30 seconds, then we will be done under an hour and a half. I think that's and exactly what I said. I said I think we got an hour and a half in us tonight. Like, yeah. Well, I think you said under an hour and a half, and then we yeah. always always managed to talk it up. Um, so yeah, so I want to get under that one thirty mark. So um, thank you to everybody for listening. Go like, comment, share. Uh, you know, you, usually subscribe. I'm, yeah, subscribe, download, do all those things. But we appreciate all, everyone that's listening. Uh, thank you, Cat TV for giving us Cat TV for giving us the equipment, and uh, it's only going to get better. Yeah, we'll be back in your ears on Tuesday. Thank you.